Hey everybody and welcome back to Breaking It Down. We have a great episode for you today. So today we decided that we're going to continue the series on chronic traumatic encephalopathy and concussion myths and facts. And what we decided to do was to share some short vignettes with you in order to bridge what we did last time, which was the theoretical with reality, so you can literally wrap your head around it. Uh, bad pun, sorry. <laughs> put um, a face to it, right? <laughs> yeah, put a face to it, literally. Um, so the stories you hear today are going to be true. Um, the names have been changed with the exception of the, our guest today, Kurt Pellegrino, to protect privacy. Um, it's meant to be an informative um, and enjoyable podcast and with the purpose of allaying fear about concussion. Um, our guest today we're happy to introduce is Kurt Pellegrino. Uh, Kurt, uh, for those of you who do not follow mixed martial arts, is a retired uh, UFC fighter, uh, with UFC being probably the, the most well-known organization uh, in that kind of sport. synonymous with MMA. Yeah, I it mean, is yeah. actually really synonymous with MMA. Um, Kurt fought, fought for the organization for about seven years, um, and he is really best known for uh, his five fight of the night bonuses, which is an enormous accomplishment in that field. And that basically means that you went after it. Yeah, he. whenever he fought, he went after it. And he was also known for trying to beat people at their own game. So his fights were always super exciting. And I can tell you that that was great for the, the fan base. Um, but as a physician, my adrenaline always went up because I knew that it was going to be quite a heated performance. <laughs> Cut to you on the side of the cage shaking and tapping the table. <laughs> uh, yeah, something like that. Yep. Um, with that or at the edge of my seat waiting to go in one way or the other. Right. Um, I've known Kurt, I think, I guess since he started on the, on the local circuits in New Jersey. He's a great person. He has uh, three great children and a wonderful wife. Um, it's a pleasure to know him, and I can't thank him enough for sharing his story with us today. I can't wait to hear it. All right, so we're sitting here. We have Kurt Pellegrino from the UFC on the phone right now. Kurt, nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you guys. Yeah, we're really happy to have you here. And again, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Yeah, we oh. really appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, of course. So whenever you're ready, you're welcome to <laughs> yeah, take the I'm, floor. I'm excited for this. All right. So um, going back to a fight when I fought Alberto Crane, um, uh, I kind of like uh, remember because I had like Buddy McGurk, who's a legendary um, – uh, boxer, um, world champion. Um, after the fight was over, I remember him telling me this, but like, as I'm going to tell the story, I didn't know what he was talking about. So as I'm going right now, no one might not know what I'm talking about, but after I left the cage, um, buddy McGurk goes, this is what legends are made out of. You just became a legend for life. And I was like, all right, what? Like I had no idea what he meant. Even coming home or watching it on the big screen inside the octagon with Joe Rogan, I, I kind of was like brought back from like really what happened. I, I really couldn't understand um, the magnitude of what happened during that fight because I really had no recollection of it. But um, it made my career, made me this like super tough guy. 
and it's really not fair because I really had no idea it even happened or how I was able to react to it because I was just kind of I was just like a leaf in the wind just blowing around to be to be you know perfectly honest with you but during the fight I I was going against Alberto Crane who's a jiu-jitsu world champion um in the gi which was only there was only two Americans at the time that did it one was BJ Penn and the other was Alberto Crane just to tell you how good Alberto Crane was on the floor and I was excited to fight him so I was telling the people in the interview room that I don't care where the fight goes if it goes to the floor I'm going to submit him if we go standing, I'm going to knock him out. And if he wants to wrestle, like, I'll beat him in anything. I'll even beat him in a grappling match. I don't care he's a world champ. He'll never beat me. They actually stopped the interview, and they are like, hey, listen, Kurt, you sound really cocky and overconfident, which is weird because Conor McGregor can do whatever he wants. So as I was doing that in the interview, they stopped me. Um, so long story short, I, I, I was a man of my word. I, just, I can just beat him. I just, there's no way he can beat me. The first, you know, I said to them in the interview, the only way he can beat me is if he kicks me in the face. You know, how funny was that? And then during the first 15 seconds of the fight, he kicks me with a lead leg left kick to the face and knocks me out unconscious to where I collapse like a, that musical instrument. I don't even know what it is. I, I'm, um, I don't know what one it is. Um, not remembering. So when I fell down, he jumped on top of me and started choking me. And I believe from the lack of oxygen that I was getting woke me up. Um, so I didn't tap to the choke and I was fighting the choke, but really not knowing I was really even in it. He could have just kicked me in the face and walked away and the fight would have been over. But he attacked me and was trying to finish me. Um, like they, you know, Dana White gives us the pre-fight speech, like don't leave it up to the judges, you know, kick his ass, you know, the whole nine yards. So that's what he was doing. And it actually backfired. It woke me up. Then I found myself in a, um, an Uma Plata. And at that moment, I still had no idea. You could watch the first couple, the first minute or two when I'm in, was in his Uma Plata, which is a submission that breaks your shoulder. I was wiping my face. Uh, with my hand and wiping it on his butt and on the mat because I had no idea what was going on, but I knew I was sweating or there was something warm on my face. So now I eventually get out of that and we start standing. And now a guy who really has limited striking skills with no power is like out jabbing me. And when I was fighting in the UFC, I was really kind of known for my jab and just my, my, my toughness and I really was coming into like being a stand-up fighter I was a wrestler so I was really starting to uh, take that uh tough wrestler and just I'm gonna stand and bang with everyone I don't care if you're good at that I want to be better than you kind of attitude which my mom and dad didn't really enjoy but to me it was the the biggest thrill so he was out striking me at this point and when I was getting out striked I was like what is happening like I didn't know why I was being punched in the face by another human being. I didn't know what was going on. I was throwing punches at him, and they were slow. I was missing punches. I, I even shot on him to a kid who has no wrestling, and he actually stopped my shot. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? But the more everything started happening and the more the fights kept going, I started to slowly recover and wake up. 
And when I woke up, there's a point in the fight where I actually realized I was there because the key punched me in the face. It was just like, you're sleeping one minute and you're in this great dream and the dream's amazing. And then all of a sudden, you wake up and you're like, no, why am I awake? That's like kind of what happened. I just woke up so suddenly to a punch in the face. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm fighting. And then I actually punched myself in the face and egged him to come after me. Then he shot and I threw him off of me. And then I just started really beating him up like real bad. Um, The end of the bell goes. I sit down in the stool and the doctor came in. And the doctor only comes in if you have a cut. And... Um, I guess it was kind of, un- not that it's more organized now, but usually you're only allowed a doctor if the doctor comes in and one corner, but I had two corners come in with the doctor. So I was really confused and he's working on me and everyone's like, stop trying to take him down. I'm like, I'm trying to take him down. Like it really was the answer I said inside, you know, in the corner, like I'm taking him down. Like I never even knew I shot on him at this moment. And I was like, wow, he, he he punches so hard. They're like, no, he doesn't. Just keep it standing. I'm like, oh. But all I could think of how bad my face hurt, and the guy punches hard. And then um, going into round two, Herb Dean was the ref. I looked at the TV monitor, and I was like, hey, I have Vaseline on my face. Because I had this giant gob of Vaseline underneath my lip on my jaw and he was like don't worry about it you're good i'm like that's so weird why would he say that was good because you're not allowed to mma fighters aren't allowed to wear any vaseline on their face which i think is crazy where boxers get doused with it and we fight with like like bare bones hit our face and we can't wear it and um so I go into the second round kind of knowing what my job was to do. And then he shoots and kind of scores a takedown to where I'm like, what is happening? But I kind of knew a little bit, you know, like I kind of knew that I was in a fight at this moment. I escaped that. And then I end up uh, punching him in the face when he was laying down and broke his eye socket. They stopped the fight immediately just with one punch. That was the ferocious killer animal that would have been in round one. I would have put him away in round one, but I had to like totally regroup. It took me like eight minutes to like find out where I was. And I, I think that um, then when I, I, I go out to the bar at night, I watch it on the TV and I, I never saw it at, the, at this moment on TV. But when Joe Rogan was telling me about it, I was like, wow, I, I thought he punched me. He actually kicked me in the face. Like I had no idea. And then we go out in the palms and we're like, I can only stay out for a little bit. And uh, that's when Buddy McGurk was like, this is what legends are made out of. You're going to be remembered as this will define you as an MMA fighter for the rest of your life. And I was like, I don't think it's gonna. I don't even know what you're talking about. I fly home. I watch the fight. And I never knew round one ever happened. Like, I completely forgot round one ever happened. Oh, wow. So like as I'm watching round one, I'm like, oh shit, that really happened? Like I really had no idea any of that occurred. I didn't know I was kicked in the face until I saw it with Joe Rogan, but I didn't know I was in a guillotine. I didn't know I was in a Uma Plata. I didn't know I was being outstriked. I didn't know I punched myself in the face and like egged them to like, like, yo, let's go, man. Like I had no idea that was going on. And that's crazy. Wow. So you're just so watching. I had, I had no clue any of that occurred crazy. until I watched it. 
and um, I knew round two happened, but I didn't know he took me down. I'm like, wow, I got taken down by this kid? Like, what the? And I really recovered when I was sitting on my butt and him trying to hold me because I was really beating him up at the end of round one. Like, it was really bad. It was like a Rocky, like a Rocky movie. Wow. Uh, how I was coming back. I mean, you could put the Rocky theme music to that and be like, holy shit, uh, he de- definitely did that. So it was just really scary. And then what was occurring then was bright lights hurt me. So I wore sunglasses all day. In my house, if I came home at night, there was no, I mean, no lights were on. But I went to the gym because I'm like an old school guy. I take a week off and then I'm back in the gym. I had sunglasses on while I was teaching. The left side of my brain was like throbbing in pain. Um, I had to get an MRI. Like I thought I was like really screwed up. And this whole time, this whole process, all these like prima donna kids, like they would, they wouldn't spar for a week. Like I was sparring the second week, like squinting out my eyes. I didn't know what was happening. I knew I I was a contracted fighter and my job was to get better every day. So that's how I did it. Kurt, it were, you, were you suspended after that fight? No. I, no, I wasn't. Oh, wow. Wow. No, I wasn't. I actually fought. I don't know what the... I could look on my on MMA.TV, but I wasn't suspended. I never got any paperwork for it. I went to the hospital and got stitches. I had, I think, total stitches was 67 stitches. That's insane. Um, I stuck my finger through the hole. So if anybody wants to know how big it was in the hospital, I stuck my, my pointer finger all the way through the hole past my knuckle. Ouch. (laughs) I ended up getting like a hundred million, like canker sores and stuff from it. (laughs) I bet you did. I still had my hand wraps on. I'm a freaking, Hey, I'm (laughs) did, did you ever, uh, did that memory ever come back for you for that first round? I don't have any recollection that ever happened. I could tell you the way the, the mat smelt in all my fights. Uh, the only way I know what happened is because I've seen it so much. And when people, like in the beginning, I was, um, oh, you're a badass. I'm like, yeah, I know, man. Like, I loved hearing it. <laughs> but in the reality, I was like, now, at like being turning 40, I'm like, you have no idea. I that can't define me of who I am. I had no idea I was doing it. So you, at, at the end of this fight, you had no uh, post-concussive education. Nobody mentioned that you might have a concussion or that you Never. had to take it easy or spend some no. time out of the gym. So that's Never. changed pretty significantly since since you fought then. Yeah, yeah I I had no idea that happened. No one, no one told me I had a concussion. I went to the MRI myself to find out, and they did an MRI in my brain and said you're fine. I'm like, I feel like my brain's swelling. Right. They're yeah. like, well, you know, just go light duty. I go, my job isn't light duty. Like this is like nuts. Now I record. I, I'll see people that that I had a student that just came in here eight months ago. He signed up. He came in here to get a new schedule. It's like I never, I never met him a day in my life. Right. Oh, so you're, wow. you're still having memory difficulty. I definitely have a lot of memory difficulties, and um, me and my wife not aren't aren't arguing, but like she said that I said one thing, and I'm like, I never said that. She's like, Yes, you did. Oh, I'm I like, see. No, I didn't. You have like these moments of a, a blackout. I guess. Yeah. Right? That's crazy. Yeah. 
Wow, so that was so your, that fight was in 2008. Now, ten years later, do you notice that there's um, improvement yeah. in post-fight care? Um, sometimes, like I'll catch myself like with stuttering. Not a lot, not a lot. I mean, very rarely will that happen. But I definitely do sometimes. Kind of like I have no idea what's going on sometimes, and especially when it's with people that are talking to me. And like if if they're like try if you have to like I saw someone at one of my friends' funeral that I have no idea who he is. I just saw someone. I'm not going to mention names. I was at an event for my children, who I hung out with and was a good friend of, a good friend with, and he's friends with another UFC fighter that's local that I hung out with. I have no idea who he is, and that we were friends. Like, I hung out with him, went partying with him when I was in, like, high school. Wow. I think I was a, maybe even a lifeguard. Like, I have no idea. I'm like, I told my wife, she goes, I'll show you a picture of him. I'm like, oh, okay. I just had another thing happen where someone said, oh, I remember I was at a party with Kurt, and he, like, put his, uh, uh, my youngest um, sister-in-law was at a party, and she was telling me, oh, my one friend said that you took your hand around his neck and put it against the wall when you were back in high school. I'm like, I did? Like, I have no, I'm like, that has to be a lie. Why would I do that? I was the nicest person in the world. Right. Yeah, that's crazy, man. People can remember stuff they did in high school. That's a pretty big thing, don't you think? If I around your throat. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's something you might remember. It's a big event. So so you're having some short-term and long-term term memory difficulties. Do you do you think overall the care now uh, post fight uh, or or post event is is better? Are you still in contact with uh, fighters and and still involved with that? Right, because you have your own gym. So I was wondering if you feel the sport is is evolved in in that way or there's better care. Doc, to be honest with you, I think the post fight and care is really not good. The only thing I would say is the credit for you, and I'm not like blowing smoke up your guys' butts, is that I believe if the I believe when I fought Patricky Pitbull, you I saw a doctor care about me to make sure I was okay, and I was fine. Like I was clearly able to find fine. Every time I've dealt with the New Jersey doctors in the state of New Jersey, I think that's the best care where they like listen to me. And like they explain themselves, and I feel like they are more cautious than any other doctors I've ever seen. Oh. And I've been a lot of places, even with George. I'm just like, yeah, these guys, like they're like, oh, I hope you're fine. Let me know if not. Just follow up with a doctor. I'm like, oh, okay. Right. Like, um, I remember when when uh, Raphael. Remember when Raphael was like seizuring yes. from Brazil, yes. and I was losing, and you're like, yo, calm the beat down, Kurt. But you guys like did you guys like made sure he was okay? You called the ambulance. You're like he has to go now. I don't feel like if it was a little bit minor, you still would have done it. I feel like if it, but if other states, I think they would have let the kid go. Mm. Yeah. Um, I just think that no one really understands what these guys are doing, right? Uh, unless they've done it. That's why we're trying to work for, you know, a federal mandate, at least for, for standardization of medical care. And there are organizations now that are trying to promote education in ringside doctors. But, you know, there, there is some variability. Obviously, some of the, the larger states, uh, California, 
New Jersey, uh, New York, Ohio, Maryland, to name a few, you know, Nevada. The, the, the doctors are, have a lot of experience, um, principally because there are a lot of shows. Uh, there are some areas where that's not necessarily the case. Uh, I should have thrown in Texas probably there too, sorry. Um, but there, there are areas where, you know, I, I got called from uh, one commission, I, I don't want to mention which, and the, the doctor called me and said, hey, this is the first time I'm sitting ringside uh, for, and it's a major event. I'm the only doctor there. Uh, it's about three hours from a major center. Uh, do you have any advice for me? And I said, yes, don't do the event. You're, you're not qualified. Um, um, yeah. I had a doctor tell me, I had a referee in a fight tell me, in a UFC fight, I got poked in the eye, that which has changed my eyesight, by the way. Now I wear glasses because of it. That told me, if I call the doctor in here, and he says you have a bat that you can't see, the fight's over. I'm like, well, do I get five minutes right now? He goes, only if the doctor will give it to you. But if the doctor says no, then you can't fight. So I obviously, I'm a fighter. I chose to keep fighting. Right. Right. They won't but even let you get checked. He was like, if I bring the doctor in here and he doesn't like it, like, I believe the doctor should have came in to check my eye no matter what. Now, I shouldn't have had a choice when I stopped fighting and had a ref come over to me just know that I got eye poked. Right. Right. Like that wasn't really, really looking after my well-being, letting me choose that. I don't feel. I feel like if it's an eye poke, a doctor should just make sure you don't have your, your it's not scratched. I, like, I think, see? I think that yeah. rule has changed a little bit. Uh, you know, since since you retired, um, I think <laughs> now, yeah, I think now doctors do go in uh, more readily. But your point is well taken. Okay. I, I can't thank you enough. If, um, is there anything else that you feel that we should know or that you no, want to share with us? I, no, I don't. I think just for that fight, I, you know, I'm just um, I'm trying to raise a couple of the kids to, to, to be in the same, uh, you know, uh, being the same shoes I was in. And I'm very grateful for where I was and what I did. And I wouldn't I wouldn't take back the head kick. Um you know, I don't want to blame that on the head kick. Maybe it was just all the years of me boxing in the boxing gym that kind of jogged my memory. And But, um, you know, I love where I am in life. And I'm going to keep uh, – I don't even uh, I don't even shadow box anymore because shadow boxing scares me too now. <laughs> I got you. So if you were coming up now and, and for the, the kids that you're teaching, do you do anything differently? Would you have done something differently knowing what you know now? I would have trained harder. All right. All right. My dad, my dad was the type of man that he was like, losing is not an option in this family. You're going to be a winner, and that's what I'm teaching you. The greatest gift my dad taught me was to, to, I love winning, and I teach all my kids the same thing. If you don't want to win and you want to do this so you can, you can Snapchat it in the locker room, I'll just walk right out of there. Love it. Love it. I love it. Kurt, where can the people find you? Uh, uh, Kurt Pellegrino. Uh, on my Instagram, Kurt Pellegrino, on my Twitter, Kurt Pellegrino on Facebook, and anytime you're in Belmont, New Jersey, you can come on in and drink. Awesome, man. We Thank you. Thank I may you take so you up on it. This. Yeah. yeah, come on in. Thanks a lot, Kurt. Thanks for coming on. No problem. Thank you. All right. Take care now. Wow, so we just heard from Kurt Pellegrino. That was a crazy story. Uh, absolutely crazy story, and I'm so glad he was kind enough to share it with us. Yeah, thank you so much, Kurt, and, and kind of scary. Yeah, I think it can sound a little bit scary, but, you know, 
just for people who've had a concussion or for people who are worried about whether or not they should do sport, having one concussion or even multiple concussions doesn't necessarily mean you're going to develop, you know, a chronic neurologic problem. So I think that's really important to understand. Yeah. And and we're going to be hitting that hard in an upcoming episode. Right. We're going to be making the distinction between concussion, uh, what is and is not known about the potential links with uh, CTE, and what you can do to avoid uh, concussions, and if you have one, how to minimize its effects. Yeah, all, all important information. But for now, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the show. We hope you enjoyed it. My name is Chris Maraboli. And I'm Dr. Sherry. And until next time, we want you to live each day with passion, compassion, and introspection. Have a good one. Have a good one.